0: You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. I hope you're all doing well today. Today, we are joined by Mark Herbert from Construction Insure. Mark is a construction insurance expert who, from everything that I have seen, takes great pride in educating his clients and the wider industry on what they need and why they need certain policies to cover their bills and companies in place. I'm delighted to have you on the show today, Mark. We did it eventually, didn't we? How are you doing, mate?
0: We got there. Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Paul. And uh, thanks for inviting me on the show.
1: No, really pleased to have you here. And um, obviously, I've given a brief introduction there, Mark, to you and your business, but I'm sure you can do a far better job. Tell us about yourself, your business, and why you're in construction.
0: Yeah, it'd be a pleasure. So, Construction Insure uh, got formed five years ago. The reason we uh, came up with the idea of Construction Insure was purely because of the fact that we found a, a sort of niche in the market that there was um, a lot of builders, developers, high-risk contractors out there who were taking out insurance policies that we thought, you know, weren't very effective to what they needed. So we thought what we do is t- t- sort of like move away from our previous in- uh, company, Goldcrest Insurance, and um, come up with con- Construction Insure, which would be a place that they could come, get really good advice, be educated about their policies and then, you know, go to their workplace, you know, in in good knowledge and their clients in good knowledge that are actually properly covered. So for us, construction insure is, you know, 100% construction insurances only, you know, and we cover things like contractors combined, contractors will risk. We do things like legal indemnities, building warranties, you know, so everything, you know, the full shebang. The full shebang of construction insurance we do,
1: yeah. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So it strikes me from our conversations to date and from what you do on social media that the word advice, which you've already used once or twice in this interview so far, that word is really important to you. Why are you so focused on ensuring that people give the right advice, pun intended, I'm going to take that.
0: Yeah, because it scares, it really scares me. You know, I get to see a lot of contractor policies. You know, we have like conversations with either contractors that I know, contracts have been recommended to me, contractors that sort of come like through SEO, the optimizing from LinkedIn. They'll send me over their documents, I'll read through. And, you know, we go, we sort of turn it inside out. And, um, you know, at the end of the conversation, I'll probably say you know the conversation with like sort of eighty eighty five percent of the, uh, the the leads we get in, they're really massively uninsured. You know they're missing things like you know their contract works. They're missing things like depth limits, heat limits. You know there's it's just you know when you're when you're talking about these contractors that they are really pre- predominant in taking out. You know when they when they want they're taking out a policy. They really want to you know make sure they're insured properly. But when we're getting them in and when we're checking them, you know, what we see is 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 just a, a, like a, a really high multiple of uninsured contractors out there.
1: Like how high?
0: 85%. You know, there's, there's not many of them insured properly. Wow. Yeah. And the reason behind this is because of the fact that you're probably going to come With to With a big, broad things.
1: smile all over yeah, your face. The
0: reason is because there's, not, there's, there's just not many specialists out there in the market, construction specialists. And because of that, they go to like a lot of general insurance brokers who do everything. They go to a lot of comparison sites who will offer you no advice or help. You know, so there's not many construction brokers out there. So because the bad advice that that they're given, they don't really understand their policies. And because they don't understand their policy, they just sort of take whatever. And if whatever is cheap um, to them and cost effective, they will take it until they come across the point but you're
1: paying for nothing you're, you're 85% of people that you're speaking to, are completely uninsured anyway. Yeah.
0: A lot of them, so many of them just paying for nothing, you know, and, um, you know, that is terrifying, isn't it? The scary thing about it as well is like they're, they're paying for nothing, but some of these guys they, they get, you know, sort of caught into the trap of online marketing and they go for these big companies and they get their policies wrong. They pay a lot, a lot of money. You know, some instances, three, four, 5,000 pounds, and after we turn their policy inside out, we've got all the right information. You know, We're doing the premiums like with full cover on it for at least £1,000, £1,500 cheaper you know, with the right cover. So they're paying for incorrect cover and they're paying for marketing costs as well at the same time. You know, so
1: Scary stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, something you hear a lot, and this is absolutely not limited to construction, but something that you hear a lot is you'll often hear the phrase, insurers... Never pay out anyway. Yeah. And, and you're, what you're effectively saying to me, and I know this is all anecdotal, right, but you're saying 85% of the um, policies that we see effectively, the person who has taken out the policy is uninsured because it's incorrect information, et cetera, et cetera. And is that how insurers get out of paying? And how how does it make you feel generally that the phrase, insurers never pay out anyway?
0: Uh, I I love the phrase. I think, I think it's great because insurers... <laughs> <laughs> insurers, they won't pay if you don't have the right policy in place and you haven't bothered to check your policy and you haven't taken the time like, to go to a specialist. Then, you know, why would an insurance company pay? If they can get out of something, they, they will. So it's, it's a two way street between the broker. And I would always say go to a broker and the client. And the thing is like, to get all the material facts out there, right? Make sure everything is as accurate as possible. And that way, you know, there's no exposure at point of claim. You're you're naturally
1: far more versed in construction insurance policies and the like than I am. What are the kind of things, let's say one of your 85% goes, thinks, oh, something's happened, I don't know, there's been an accident or something has happened. I'm going to go and make a claim against my insurance policy. What are the... and then naturally, I'm guessing the insurance company are looking right. How do we get, how do we get out of paying this? What are the things that are commonly things that are making main contractors, subcontractors, unable to make a claim successfully?
0: A good one, and it's just this one's really recent. And why I smile about this one is because it's actually a development. I was going to say
1: you're smiling from ear to ear. You're it's, enjoying this. It's, aren't you? it's a
0: development that I'm doing at the moment, and I've instructed some builders. And the builders, you know, it went to a tender process. And uh, the builders I took on, they're good guys. They do groundworks and they do some refurb alterations as well. So they fitted well to, to what I wanted for this for this build. So I said to the guys, I said, look, you know, obviously, before we do anything, I said, you you know, I'm a, an insurance specialist. I specialize in construction. I said, so. Give me your policy. Yeah, I said, you know, so I said, you know, send over your policy. You know, the architect was like, oh, guys, you, you're in trouble, you know, having a bit of, you know, yeah, it about like it. It. yeah, And so, you know, they, they sent me over their policy. You know, their you know, first glance, I looked at it, you know, they had their company name on there. They had the premium written down at £6,000. I thought, six grand for a, a £500,000 turnover. I thought, God, that's quite expensive. They It must be the real deal. You know, they, they've got to be insured properly. So then have a look at the first sign there. So the business description, t- trade description. And what I had written on it, so they were doing for me, they were doing – they're going to be doing an, an, an extension. They're going to be doing a refurb, you know, a big rip out, you know. So that was what I, I was wanting. Now, on a policy document, they had under the business description, groundworker and property maintenance. So property maintenance is you're just popping around to go and fix a light bulb. And groundworker, you're doing digs and, you know, you can do, like you know, sort of ground out, but obviously before the foundations, etc. before you do a build. So no, was it noted on that. That they were going to be doing a refurb, alteration, repair, or extension or conversion. So that was like the first thing that sort of came about. And then, so
1: just just stopping you, stopping you there. Sorry, I know you're kind of mid flow, but so it says in their description of the business, groundwork and property maintenance. And you're saying six k for a five hundred k turnover seems like a massive premium, right? Must be the real deal. Would it impact their policy if they said? also fit out, also refurb, also X, Y, and Z?
0: It, that's, that's a good question because I'm, I'm sort of not to know the insurers' ratings of how much extra they were charged. So that's a really tough question. But it wouldn't have a massive effect on it because they're paying quite a lot of money, I think, on, on the side of things because they're weighing up heavily as, as, as ground workers. Now, what I did, I, pushed, I did push back to them. I said, <clears throat> you know, you need this added on as a trade. And they came back to me. With an additional premium that they just paid and the updated trade description, and they paid £168 extra to have that added on. So, not a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Is this something that, as a contractor, you need to be incredibly mindful of when you get putting together a policy? Because it's likely to be not hugely impactful for premium price, but by the sounds of it, would almost be the first thing that an insurance company would go looking for and start licking their lips as soon as a a claim comes in for some damage on on the fit-out project that they're doing for you, right? They'd say, well, you never mentioned fit-out, sorry, see you later. Have a good one. It would instantly be a get-out jail-free guard.
0: Yeah, you know, if they're they're getting involved in (coughs) extensions and refurbs, you know, that's, that's nothing to do with what they've actually disclosed they're doing. So you know, all of a sudden, you have a three, four hundred thousand pound claim, like a fire claim. You know, and it's it's happened because of a refurb work. Then an adjuster will go down there, he'll, he will you know, look at a policy, turn it inside out, and go, well, actually, I've only had to read the first page and 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 we're out the claim. You know, so it's but are
1: the are the insurers trying to ensure that when you take out a policy, you are not overly prescriptive because it gives them more opportunity? Like how no they're not saying go on list out everything that you do
0: no not not at all yeah. you know and, and in, you know and ensure put it down to you know it's not right usually like a, a broker to ask the right questions and a broker must like as i said you know when we go through a question set with our clients or prospect clients or even when they do renewal you know we're really thorough on what trade activities they're taking out you know because all of a sudden they you know you can be a builder but all of a sudden you may be doing some piling some underpinning some some basement works you know which is quite common nowadays but if we're not being fed that information or if we're not asking a question then no one ever knows And it come to point of claim they have a claim and of course insurers won't pay out so insurers will only pay for what they're liable to pay out for so this is where it's in both hands of a broker and also of the actual client themselves to put themselves forward and say that this is what we're doing read the policy documents if you're reading it and you're reading it as property maintenance and and you're doing refurb and extension you've got to ask the question as a client say hang on a second you know we're doing more than this can you update the document yeah it works doesn't you know, that that it yeah, yeah it does that was that was the first point of their document that they gave me anyway that <laughs> so that was just the first page yeah. so
1: item you know, number when, one batted straight item, out the park
0: item item number one fail you know and i didn't want them to fail but you know i just <laughs> yeah. knew they were going to fail you know and like you know they i think knew they were going to fail even though they're happy to push it across without even doing their due diligence on it and checking it themselves.
1: So tell me, Mark, what would happen, and this might be a blindingly obvious answer, but let's say you didn't advise them to do that, they didn't change things, they're in your house, they're in your property, executing the project. something goes badly wrong, they go to the insurer and say, we've done something and it's cost 50k, we want to get our insurance, the insurer would just say, no.
0: The insurer would look
1: Not at, at
0: what works they're doing and carrying out. And um yeah, in this instance, if they weren't doing the property maintenance, which, which they definitely aren't doing, then why would insurer pay for that? You know, it's just it's just logical. If I It
1: sounds so simple you, though, doesn't it? It does
0: sound so simple. Maybe they'd take a view on it, maybe maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But you know, if you've got a big claim on your doorstep and all of a sudden you're doing activities that are outside the scope of what you actually insured for, then Maybe, maybe an insurer would pay for it. They'd take a bit of allegiance on it. Maybe they wouldn't. So point two of their policy document is a lot more why they definitely wouldn't pay for it.
1: Okay, so let's come back to that. But let's come back to that right after this break, Mark. Right? Hello, it's me again. I wanted to share a quick story with you on why I co-founded Sealink with my best mate, Chris. Chris and I... We're both QSs and this is going to sound sad, but one night we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realised the industry had a problem. Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, if you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created c software to solve subcontract tendering we wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better so if you or someone you know tenders with subcontractors you've got to see our software head over to our link www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more i will include it in the description box so again there's no excuses now let's get right back to the show Fascinating conversation so far. And I have to say, I had some reservations about construction insurance, What, how we would be able to really get to the depths of the conversation. But we've done that really, really quickly. And I think it will be resonating with people listening. I'm even now thinking about my business and thinking, God, I'm going to go and check, check our policy, right? It almost feels... So you should. Yeah, absolutely. But it almost feels like the insurance sector has obviously been revolutionised by money supermarket, compare the market, all these comparison sites where it's almost like a race to the bottom, isn't it? Where you're just basically going on there and going after the cheapest price. That's kind of the USP of it. It's almost doing the broker's job for you, right? It must be very difficult or it's been a difficult time to be a broker in, in light of that. But the reality being that that race to the bottom means that There's very little attention given. I I reflect on this myself with policies that I've taken out for various different things. You're almost just like, okay, yeah, I've paid a grand, that's covered that. But the reality actually being that the expertise that you get with a broker and going through the process is absolutely worthwhile because you're ensuring that wherever possible you haven't got these gaping holes in your policy. So we've already talked about item number one, Item number two seemed to really get you energised.
0: Just go, just go back on that point, really, because I think that's a, a good point you're making. So, yeah, comparison sites have made things all about speed, effectiveness, cheapness, and the end result of that is, is getting the policy wrong. You can go to a broker as well, and they can get it wrong too. the The issue with the markets nowadays, like you, you know, when you, you know, you have the word insurance and general insurance, there's so many different insurance sectors out there and this is why you know we created construction insurance so we showed everyone that we just did construction and that was our focus and that's really important so my message really on, on what your point is there is yeah, definitely don't, don't go to a comparison site and definitely find yourself a specialist in the field you know because if you're just going to a, a general broker which we see a lot of documents from again you know they're the ones who get it wrong
1: okay fascinating. So. Item number one was the policy description. I think it's quite interesting, actually, just to help to contextualise for the listeners this particular example that you have had, because actually it's really helping me to understand. So we've talked about the policy description being wrong. You then rather excitedly started talking about point two before I cut you off before the break. Talk to me about point two, where there was an issue as well.
0: So so point two in a policy document on this one. So point one was, you know, the first page, and it's one that I sort of now sort of expect contractors to get wrong, and they, you know, very much do. And as you said, you know, that if, if it came to a point of claim um, with the insurer pay, you know, and, and as I said, they may be, you know, a little bit lenient and say, right, okay, you know, we sort of get it, you know, they've made a bit of a mistake, you know, or may not be. So again, you put yourself at risk now don't point want to be two. in that position, though, do you? You don't want to be in that position. Definitely not. And you need to get you know that business description right. Now, point two is everyone thinks like they're taking out. When they're taking out an insurance policy for building, contracting, or any contractor or developer, they just think they need liability. Liability insurance is all about liability. But liability is just a small part of it. You've got public liability, employees' liability, and a lot of people think, contractors think, right, that's it. That, that's it, done. But you've got a whole other section that goes with it, and it's called Contractors or Risk. And a Contractors or Risk section is something that so many get wrong, so many comparison sites, so many brokers, you know, because they don't really understand it and how, how important it is to the actual contractors. So the Contractors or Risk section covers you for the Contract Works and Plan. So Contract Works is covering them for the actual size of the contract, which is theirs, and they're carrying out on a property So the property has its own building insurance, which will be worth say 500,000 for argument's sake. And the contract works could be 350,000. So the contractor could be 200,000 pounds into that contract works. There'd be a fire. The buildings insurance would pay out for the 500,000, but they need contract works insurance as well to pay out for the 250,000. And the reason they need the contract works is because public liability only pays out for damage to the property being worked upon. So if you haven't damaged it and there's an arson attack on the house or there's a flood, a fire or a storm, public liability won't pay out, but the contract works will. And that's why that section is really important because they have to insure against the contract value. And,
1: and I- is contractors' work insurance, sorry to interrupt you, is that something that the principal contractor on the site needs to have as opposed to the subcontractors? That's always how I've had it framed in my mind, but I might be
0: right. Might be wrong, sorry. That's a really good question. Really good question because the principal contractor should have it. And then on the other side, say on on this build here, because I'm nervous about my contractor, the actual policy that they have. So what I would have in place for this one is a contingent policy as a a client. So I'd be ensuring my house were unoccupied, undergoing works, and also contingent contract works as well against the builder's policy, just in case their policy failed. Yeah, because I could get everything right on their policy but that builder, all of a sudden, he's, like, come up for renewal, not renewed his policy. He could default on payment, and all of a sudden, so I'm liable. So, yeah, you know, is
1: it is it hard work being an insurance broker because you you must like as in
0: is it hard being
1: inside your head thinking about what all the things that could go wrong and all these different bits of cover that you need to have? Whereas average Joe us, we have no idea what's going on, and we think, oh, we're fully covered, we've got all of that. But you it sounds to me like you're like, no, I need to have this because I've got to have that base covered, this base covered. All these things can go wrong.
0: Yeah, and it's not me being a massive pain in the backside, you know. In, and I bet these, these guys are doing are sure? my job going, oh, my God, you know, like, what's he going on about now? You know, and it's really not that at all. You know, they're, they're probably actually sitting there thinking, oh, my God, this guy's actually got a really good point. Help, we're actually not insured properly, you know. So, yeah, you know, my... It does like really pay me with a lot of people, but you know, with, with the actual end client and the and the contractor. But once I've managed to explain these points and get clarity inside their heads, then they're never going to get it wrong again. You know, and then if they ever did leave me and go to another broker, you know, or you know, online, they'd just be like, compared to like the knowledge that we can give, you know, our contractors, it's just second to none. So, you know, they'll go elsewhere, but they suddenly realize they're not being asked the right questions there or there's not enough care being taken behind what works they're carrying out.
1: So tell me, I think everyone has in their minds different things about, or probably some misconceptions about A, insurance that we've already alluded to, and then B, insurance brokers. I think that it's not absolutely clear how the whole sector works. There's a lot of lacking trust, it feels to me. What is one myth about what you do and being an insurance broker, specific to construction, that you would like to dispel?
0: That we spend a whole time at a golf course is just playing golf. <laughs> how often? How often so, are you on the golf which course? Which is, which is that is a massive myth, and it doesn't happen very often. You know, so you know, there's there's a lot more to broking than just sort of going out and playing golf. Yeah, we like to be with clients, we like to have fun with clients, but you know, at the same time, you know, brokers work. A good broker works damn hard you know to get you know the right policies in place and right customer service you know for their clients so compare a broker to like an online comparison site who has no customer care no care when it comes up to renewal due, do, no previous due diligence on on, on an actual like, company before they take them on you know we we tick all of those boxes and more you know a good broker will
1: okay and imagine like i'm a main contractor calling up or a contractor of some description, calling you up today. If you could offer, and there'll be people listening, because I actually know, I'm not a contractor, but I know that our insurance policies, business is coming up for renewal quite soon. I've already got alarm bells going off in my mind just from this conversation, which is fantastic, right? But if you could offer today some advice to a main contractor or a contractor looking to renew their insurance, what would you say to them?
0: I would say to them, first of all, look at your policy and make sure you understand it. You know, look at your business description, make sure that's right. You know, thinking about what trade you're doing, you know, are you a trade that only needs public and employers' liability? you know, or do you need contractors or risk as well? If you need contractors or risk, have you got your maximum contract price, you know, in place? Is it adequate? Check your depth limits on the policy. Check your heat. And, you know, and as I said, just going back to description, business description, you know, everything has got to be perfect from page one all the way down. You know, and if you have any questions or any hesitation about it, then that's when you've got to have the conversation. That makes sense. And we've talked a lot about
1: public products, contractors or risk. We haven't talked a huge amount about professional indemnity as of yet. And it has been probably an issue that has, in the background, plagued construction companies for, what, the last 18, 24 months? Policies have gone through the roof, haven't they? What... Is your view on that side of the sector?
0: Um, so we're mainly looking at really sort of PI on design and construct. You know, there's obviously been some large losses on the PI sector over the last sort of seven, eight years, going back to sort of Grenville. You know, so at that point, capacities disappear. There's big losses made um, due to obviously these, these claims being paid. And also, you know, there's, these claims go on for years. You They don't just go on for like four or five months. So there's massive solicitor costs involved as well. So, you know, when there's all of these claims being paid out at really high rates and, you know, the PI market is going to get scared and they're going to drive premiums up. You know, this, I think the PI market was probably I think the rates were too skinny anyway, if you like, you know, going back five or six years ago. They had to sort of be re-looked at. Now we're further down the line. I think over the next sort of year, two years, they're going to settle a little bit. It's, it's the million-dollar question, isn't it? It's like, when will rates come down, when they come down? And I think, you know, with PI, I think it's here to stay, you know, for another couple of years at, at least. You know, I can't see a lot changing.
1: And so, in effect, what happened was Grenfell led to a huge amount of claims, which led to people or insurers leaving the market because it, wasn't, it was no longer sustainable, and the ones that remained were putting up policies because it was that much more... They needed to make money, right? They were in it, in it for a profit, and the, the claims had gone up.
0: Just a risk exposure yeah. and the, the design exposure. You know, there's you know a really comprehensive like sort of question set around design when it comes to PI proposal form. And um, again, like just a bit of advice to anyone taking out, you know, PI when you're when you've got your your design um, question set on there, like you know, like, you know what, what design are you carrying out, and um, you know what design a bonafide carrying out, or you know, do you get no de- uh, you know involvement in design. All those areas of a PI prop, they're so important. And, you know, massive dictators of premium as well. So, you know, there's, there's got to be massive thought behind and, you know, massive thought process behind what's been put down. PI underwriters, they like to see a really, really comprehensive proposal form. They like to see CVs backing up as well. So, you know, PI, it's not a slapdash, you know, like everyone wants to do it really quick. You know, if you want to get a good race in it, take your time in it, make sure everything's right and give across like a really good presentation.
1: In short, kind of this conversation summarizes and clarifies that and perhaps this isn 't what people do, but it 's not something that you pay lip service to especially for your business, where there's so much risk involved in construction, right whether it 's the design element, whether it 's the site element, whatever it is, we talk on this show every single day, every single week, sorry, about how much of a challenge it is to turn a profit, make a profit etc and deliver quality schemes everyone knows that in construction and insurance is a big part of that right but i think my perception of it at least was it's always ah we'll we'll sort that out it doesn't we can't spend too much time on it there's bigger things to focus on and that's all because you don't worry about it until it happens right with insurance but clearly and I, it, it strikes me that it probably is the Compare the market money super. It's that it's a comparison site culture, which probably has changed mentalities a bit. In that, like you said before, speed, cost, etc., is is the driver, isn't it? As opposed to, am I getting the right policy to cover me?
0: De- definitely, you know, and I, you know, I I'm a massive advocate for brokers. You know, I think brokers are you know so good Rin? and so powerful. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I say that, but <laughs> surprising. You know, there's, really. <laughs> there's a lot of like sort of push to becoming digital and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's to me like, you know, we have really good relationships with our clients. You know, we like to have the conversation. We like them to know they can just pick up the phone, you know, within a couple of calls, get through to who they need to speak to. You know, it's, it's, it's so important to have that human communication w- within construction, you know, the construction community needs to be sort of served at a high level and you're not going to get a high level of customer advice, you know, customer service by going online. You know, it's just, it's not going to happen.
1: No, I completely can see that. And I think in this conversation, we've really exemplified just how simple it is to fall into the trap of making a mistake on your policy. And for that, I think it is fantastic that we've had this chat and I'm sure people listening have taken a huge amount from it. I I would also advocate and advise that everyone follows Mark on uh, LinkedIn because... I've seen the videos that you do quite regularly and they're actually really simple and really effective and I think that people can take a lot from them. So keep on doing that. And thank you very much for coming on the show, Mark. I'll be sharing your details in the podcast description and uh, everyone can go and check them out. Thanks again for coming on the show, mate.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Cheers, Paul.
1: No problem. And everyone, if you do have five seconds for me now, just hit review, leave us a rating and I will speak to you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. Goodbye.